Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. It is here where we promise to bring you everything, every time for everybody. And we are the uh, regular Sunday uh, weekly edition of um, the Michelle Meow Show. We need to come up with like a Michelle Meow Show or something. We need to do that. We need to give Michelle a little bit of uh, oomph in her intro. I'm going to work on that for the next time, okay? I'm going to come back with something really good. So much so that she's going to want to use it for her own intro. I like that. Um, But, yeah, we're here. And um, we've got, of course, a lineup of guests that I think you're going to be pretty proud of. You know, I've been on this whole thing with – I've been on this whole thing with Queer Rap. And I've been on this whole thing about books. I've been re- so I don't know what that is, gang. I don't know what it is, but you know, lately I've been finding that I, you know, I don't read as much as I don't think many people do. I think we're all into the new digital age, and so unless you can get the book on digital, or you know, or read it while you're on a plane or something of that nature, we probably don't read as much as we used to. I don't read the re- newspaper at all anymore. So, so I don't know. I just get, kind of get on this whole thing of this BB's bundle of books thing. And so I, so I've got a book that I'm going to um, discuss later in our program for the second half. But on our first half, I'm going to pick up where we left off when we did our interview last week with Q-Boy from London. And um, we did a lot of talking about his new EP and, you know, him being a queer rapper. And I said, you know what, I'm going to continue that. So I've got another queer rapper that we're going to talk to. But before I introduce her, that's right, I said her, to the show, I'm going to play her latest release, which it's been out about five weeks or so. It is a great, I love the music video. We're going to talk about that. But we're going to play... Um, her latest single, uh, and it's pretty easy to remember because it's only three words and they're all the same. But I love this girl's flow. I just think, I I mean, I just really love the cadence of it. So here is Wah 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 by Devmo. Like Ritalin, societal norm. 
norms are still ingrained in your core and I can't ignore so I, I sit back with a drink so stiff that it makes all of you guys look limp and it fucks me harder gets me all retarded autistically awesome and the strength of it's enough to make you ugly fucks look handsome I mean if I'm being honest the liquor hustles me out the closet your sister's got her hand in my pocket and you're crying telling her to stop it but poppy think that's the problem cause you really wanna try it out and your heart rate control is taking its toll cold now I got my kitty in her mouth well 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 you want me to stop it well 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 but it's not my problem wish we By Demo, and I think she joins us on the phone there. Demo, are you there? Hey. Hey. I love that song. I love it. You know what? I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I love your cadence. I just, it's so addictive. I, I, I cannot, I couldn't get out of my head. I kept just like, you could just, you you could just feel it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the flow was really, really good. And you have a lot to say in this song. We're going to get to that. You're saying a lot in this song. Definitely mouthful. Okay. So to speak, right? It's um, a lot to say, but you get it in there. You fit it in. I always find that when um, I I, um, listen to rappers who can, uh, don't have to abridge what they want to say. You know what I'm saying? To, to make it fit into mm-hmm. a cer- certain rhythm. I love when you can do that and I can get it oh. all. And you do that so well in this song. Thank you so much. That's awesome. You know, and of course, like I said, you know, you've, you're saying a lot in this because, uh, you know, you got some angst going on up in here. Uh, and I know for... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. And, and I know in your bio when I was reading it, you, you, you talk about, um, you know, some of this is about, uh, or a lot of this is about how you felt that you've been treated by, uh, in relationships by other women, uh, probably other men, whatever yeah. going on. And this is kind of like, totally. yeah, kind of all of this is kind of coming out in this. Kind, kind of what, what was going on when you decided to put this down and write, write the, these lyrics? I mean, what were you, were you coming off of a breakup? Were you just kind of like, you know what? I'm doing to people what others have done to me and I don't like it. What was going on with you at this point? Um, this was an interesting time in my life. I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm bisexual, and I've definitely had my experiences with women, and I feel like as a girl who likes girls, um, there's always, like, the phase, or I don't know, 
a phase or whatever, but I feel like there's a phase people, girls go through where they like straight girls, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, I, for me, for some reason, it, the phase isn't over. It's still my thing, so I'm just fucked. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I feel like I, I just really liked this girl, and, and she liked me, or at least I thought, and then I think that she was really just nervous that her, her family, her mom and her sister, and, you know, just her family would not be accepting of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of being brave, she ended up like getting a, a boyfriend and we would still hook up behind his back. And, it, and he was, you know, he like had an inclination about it and definitely didn't like me and trust me. Um, to be I, around I've, her. I've yeah. That oh yeah, totally. And I've always been the person that when I, I'm going through anything in my life. Like the first thing I do is turn to music. It's definitely like therapeutic for me. So I heard this beat. My engineer gave it to me and I was just like, dude, this, like I'm going to murder this. (laughs) For me, it was just like a way of me getting all of that out. And uh, it was really helpful and beneficial to me at the time. Cause I'm the type of person I could get very angry and, you know, sassy when I'm uh, not properly, kind of going through the emotions mm-hmm, music. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it was important that I did that. Well, how, how, how long have you, I mean, you probably, I would imagine just based on listening to what you've written, that you've probably been a person who's always written stuff, either through poetry or just like, I've got to get this out. Even before you started, oh, say, quote unquote, rapping, you've probably always exactly. been a writer, I'm, I, I'm only I'm imagining. But when did it turn into from, I'm writing out my feelings and getting it on paper so I can get this out here before I kill somebody, to, <laughs> to you know? yeah, to, oh, hey, I can, I like music, I've got this stuff, I can actually now, you know, put these words to to a, a melody of some sort. When did that all happen for you? Because sure. you're young. You're not, you're, you know, you, haven't, you, you can't be doing this for a long time. Right, right. Well, um, when I was 14, mm-hmm. my family moved from a northern suburb outside of Chicago to um, Los Angeles. And, I mean, I had always been playing guitar and singing and, and writing um, poetry. But when I moved to L.A., um, I met all these friends who introduced me to like West Coast hip hop, mm-hmm. and it was just like instantly kind of I fell in love. Um, I had a boyfriend when I first moved here who like played me like every Tupac song ever, and I was just like obsessed. And I kind of just realized from listening to to Tupac and his like positive messages, um, and he also like he he could flow and he had style and swag and. You just had everything, and mm-hmm. I just kind of realized, like, I can do that. Like, I'm good at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so kind of, because I've always had rhythm in me as well. Like, I love to write. I love poetry. I love rhythm. And, I mean, logically, like, that all just came together in the form of hip-hop music. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I'd write. I was, like, I was like a closet rapper for a while. <laughs> I was, like, longer in the closet as a rapper than... <laughs> <laughs> Than you were with your sexuality, I heard that. Now, but, yeah, but but who were, you mentioned Tupac. I mean, as a female rapper, and we know, you know, even right. even when, you know, back in the 90s when you had people like, let's see, you know, Lil' Kim, and you had Foxy yeah. Brown, and, you know, really, yeah. and then Latifah, and all these people coming up and, and with, the, with the female liberation type of stuff, and their rap and whatnot. Sure. But, but were those the people you were kind of listening to, or was it more? Of the the the, the the Biggie Smalls and the Tupac and stuff that you kind of listen to. 
Well, to be really honest with you, I didn't like, I probably naturally wouldn't have listened to any of those people because I'm like, that, that's like way, it's, it's kind of before my time. Mm-hmm. But um, Tupac is just revolutionary in LA. I feel like in LA, like they still play Tupac like constantly. Yeah, like, like, he, like he's still you with know? us and it's, yeah, and he's putting out new stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I took a particular interest in him because I love his like, his social stance on things mm-hmm. and how he wasn't afraid to try and create change and I think that's so beautiful and I like eventually you want to really get into that um, but I think in this day and age it's like you know you have to kind of spark people's interest in other ways first before you can really like talk and talk about making an impact in the world mm-hmm. but um, you know I'm getting there but no I think for me honestly like the first female that really influenced me was Nicki Minaj like mm-hmm. and um, I really loved her I mean I still am a big fan I know pe- a lot of people talk shit and yeah she's you know, like because she's commercial, but I I don't mind explicit. And mm-hmm. when she first started, she wasn't commercial. She was dope, like, and she's still dope. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big Nicki fan. When Iggy came out, God, I remember my friend showed her showed me her video, and I instantly started crying. And and my friend was like, "What the fuck? What's wrong?" And I was like, "That's so, like I'm supposed to be the first white girl." <laughs> I, was like, I was like a baby though. It's like this, like calm down. You know what I mean? I was so jealous. <laughs> Well, and she's and been on, and, and you know what, I have to say, she's, she's been on this show, too, so do you, do you ain't even the first white rapper girl on the show, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly, I'm like, see, she took my place here, okay. and makes the music, great, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know, that's the thing is, like, you know, I, there's, hip-hop has been such an evolution as far as from where totally. it began to where it is now as far, you know, because it is quote-unquote pop music because it is the popular music. If it wasn't for hip-hop, I don't know where the music industry would be right now from all the changes right. because it is what we hear on the radio most of the time. But I want to talk about um, not only just your music, but also what it is for you to be a female rapper and to be a white female rapper in this game sure. of hip-hop for you. But we're going to take a quick message because you know what, girl? I got to pay some bills. I so I'm going to do that. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to be back with Devmo again with her her latest single, Wah, Wah, Wah. And I say that because you have to see the video. We're going to talk about the video in a second. We're going to see the video, why it's called Wah, Wah, Wah. But anyway, we'll be right back after this message. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life 
a special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care serving your community. And we're back. We are back. I'm back with you all. I'm so glad that you stayed there listening in getting i know why you did because you've been listening to me talk to devmo uh, with her new single wow 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 her latest singles but not for about five weeks or so but it is dope and you got to listen to it or and and or slash all of that uh, her youtube video of this song because i love i Dev, devmo i love the fact that you did this while riding a bicycle how you filmed this whole thing that was so cool was, oh, thank you. Well, this, your, this was all your idea, I'm sure, right? Uh, I was actually with a coworker. I actually worked for Monster in the day. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing to say, isn't it? No, <laughs> honey, we got to eat. We got to yeah. eat. We got to get, you know, pay exactly. our phone bill. And we <laughs> I need more from money from music, but like, I still need to do that side hustle, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard that. I heard but, that. Um, yeah, I had a coworker, and, and he's a director. He went to school. Uh, for film and we were just he was like I really like your music I want to do a video for you so I played in that song and he's like I fuck with this song and we were just sitting there you know like ideas were rolling and we were inspired by uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is uh, there's there's another there's another singer and mm-hmm. he's an amazing singer and he has this um, music video where there's these girls and they're like roller skating behind a car mm-hmm. and the whole thing is moving and um, so he showed me that video, and I was like, let's do something like this. And I was like, I can't roller skate. I'll eat shit. Like, that's going to be awful. You know, and he was like, well, let's do something else. Like, what about bikes? So we, we rented a few bikes. I got a couple of my friends in it. I, I wanted to do the pasty thing was my idea because I just, <laughs> I love pasties. And I felt like it kind of brought out that, like, you know, that sexual side mm-hmm. of the song, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, the song is kind of a play between, um, I, I, I feel like it was kind of like Lily Allen inspired, where yeah. it's sweet and childish. But yeah. It's like, if you listen to the words, it's a little gritty. But you know what? So, I, I, I like the fact that you use the bikes because I remember the days when I used to ride bikes a lot back in the day. Right. And that's when I used to do most of my, my thinking. And that's when I used to come up with some okay. of the the real bad schemes that I used to do because I would be riding, you know, and then this this stuff would pop in my head and I'd get it all planned out. (laughs) And I would like, and that's kind of what it reminded, it took me back to that time when like, you know, I would be with somebody and like, you know, I'm so pissed and I got to think about what I'm going to do to get back at this person. And that's when all that would come out. And so that's what it took (laughs) me back to. And you're just riding around. I'm thinking, that's exactly what I used to do. And I just, (laughs) so it did. And I bet you so many people who think, I like the contrast kind of between, like, the childlikeness of riding a bike, but, like, 
there's two girls in like pasties and I was like, what's going on? We're in like a nice neighborhood in Beverly Hills. Deal, right. People were staring at us like we were crazy. We almost got the cops called on us. Oh, wow. And we're like, hey, like you see that work things on the internet. Like, come on, they're doing your kids a favor exposing them this early. I know. <laughs> but, and, and then, so he was filming, he was riding on the back of a car or how was that? That's what I was kind of envisioning. Yeah, like... we, yeah, we had a pickup truck okay. and um, the, the guy who was, videotaping it was in the back of the pickup truck with the with the pickup like uh latch down mm-hmm. so it was i mean there was like a little bit a couple like you know scary moments where we're like don't fall off or yeah actually it's funny because the one girl too one of my friends she's like this russian girl and i told her what the whole like idea of the the video was and she neglected to tell me that she barely knows how to ride a bike so oh i thought she was can take so you- difficult <laughs> Yeah, she like kept like running into trees. We have like, like side footage where she's just like running into trees, running the sidewalk, falling over. Oh I'm my like, god! I told you what this was. Like, are you serious? Well, I just, I really, I think, I think people who watch this because of what you're, what the song's about, and you are giving us a story about, you know, um, as you explained at the beginning with the girl and having a boyfriend and kind of wanting her cake and eat it too, and all that kind of good stuff, and basically you know, using you to a certain extent while trying to be with this boy who's trying to hide the exactly. fact that she's with you and all that kind of stuff's going on. But I think we can all relate to that's when we need, whether it be roller skating, whether it be riding a bike, hopefully while it's not driving a car because then you really can get into an accident. But we do those thinking yeah. at those times, you know, we do, or riding on a bus or something like that, like, like your friend was saying, you know, something moving, it just kind of keeps it moving if you know what i'm saying kind of keeps it moving while you're moving you know kind of keep the whole thought flow going and and i kind of like that a lot so uh, kudos to you definitely on on this video it's a really kind of flow like the flow with the flow of your of your song is really 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 cool but like before we went to commercial break and i and i want to hit upon and you kind of brought it up too it's being you know you are a female rapper first of all um and in in your 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 white and we all know kind of uh, some of the background and and some of the the things that have gone on with hip-hop in their their acceptance or embracing of both female rappers and in people who are white people of non-color who who also rap and you you know so you kind of got two of those things that uh, that you carry with you no matter wh- where you go. And how 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 has your reception at the beginning of your career been in the hip-hop world as you continue to do what you do? Um, I think that real hip-hop heads and people who really appreciate hip-hop will accept you for one reason and one reason only. If you are authentic, Mm-hmm. then you'll be accepted widely by the hip-hop community. That's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. If you are authentic to who you are and just stay true to who you are, then you're fine. I think the reason that people had a problem with Iggy is because she's an Australian girl who's rapping like she's from Brooklyn, you mm-hmm. know, and she's not really saying much except for, you know, rapping about party stuff. It's very poppy. I absolutely love Iggy, so I have no problem with that. But, like, a lot of people... You know, like Eminem came up, he was the first white boy, and he stayed so true to himself mm-hmm. and was talking about the realest stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they almost wanted the first white girl to be someone who was talking about her life and being really, you know, real about what was going on. And um, they didn't get that from her. So they'll turn on you in a heartbeat if they smell uh, the unauthenticity from you. You know, like you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So as like a white girl, I feel, I mean, as I have had shows, people definitely 
look at me at first and they question if I'm going to be good and they question, you know, if I'm up to the challenge and I get up there, my confidence is at a 10 and I like know I can do this. And every single time, like the whole audience goes from like resting bitch face to just like, like, bitch, you so dope. You know what I mean? I'm like, thank you. Right. So it's, you know, I, I end up getting like the love, which is, I mean, let's get real. Everyone who does music, like, Everybody wants to love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a there was a rapper. I can't even uh, think of her name off the top. Maybe Kenny, my um, my producer, my baby. Pardon me? Creation? Are you thinking of white girl rapper? No. Well, it's white girl, but she was from the UK. It was it was back Uh, in the day. Yes. Yes. Whatever happened to her? I used I to like her. Oh, dude, she was so. She was so good. She was like she yeah. was like the female Eminem. That's everybody used to like, you know, right. put that on her. And then she went like. Also, she was queer, and you know, she kind of disappeared. Like, what they do? Put her in jail? What happened? She had some people loved her. She I was know. Like, oh, she was. And that song was like, "Love me or hate me." Da, 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 da. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it, but I totally I. Totally agree with what you're saying as far as the authenticity, and you can't be, you know, bringing that just whole kitty pop game to to your to 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 your spit. You can't be just saying that those little meaningless kind of stuff. It has to have something that you can that they can see that you relate to from a personal experience, as opposed to you read it somewhere and so now I'm going to spit it out. You know what I mean? Because well, they know. Like, and right now we're in such a time of mm-hmm. like deep change and, and total like craziness in the world that like if you're not going to rap, rap about something with substance and like and honestly like you're white like what just go away I don't mm-hmm. know I just feel like it's time to to start like a revolution and start some positive change and people really need to like use art in the way that art was meant to be used like right. the way the Beatles used it and people had to people had to channel like revolution into art every war and I don't know. I just think it's like it's that time again. People need to start, you know, making the art useful. Yeah, I, I think I think this time, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to inspire a lot of artists from all mediums of artists of art. You know, from paint, uh, literature, uh, music. It's all going to. 100%. This is this is going to be a period of of artistic. Um, expression that we have that people say the renaissance this is going to be another renaissance period that i am kind of excited in that part to to see because i think we need a lot of stuff particular particularly when it comes to like films and tv stuff it's it's lacking in that creativity and i'm hoping that maybe some of this reality stuff that's happening in life is going to influence some of that um well what's going to be next for you? you've got the single out uh, ep what's what's coming up with you um beyond wah 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 well, I have an EP coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it's five tracks. It's more on, like, the singing side. There's definitely still rap in it, but I kind of, I was listening to the Beatles, like, probably far too much. And um, <laughs> I was just so heavily influenced. And I started producing all my own music. And so I'm at, like, the very tail end of that EP. And then I just started working with um, an engineer who's, like, pretty big. He works with uh, Big Sean and, like, Gineco mm-hmm. and, like, I'm very, very thrilled to be working with him, and um, we're going to do an EP after that that's going to be, I want, I told him, I was like, I need to turn up so bad, because I've been doing all these club events, I did like the Dinah Shore, I did San Francisco Pride, I did Girls in Wonderland, which is like Orlando, um, 
Regina, basically. Uh, and I'm like, I need turn up music. Like, I can't go there with my singing and my wow, wow, wow. Like, that shit needs to be turned the fuck up. So he's all about it. I'm all about it. Um, my my daughter, my my daughter was at um, the Dinah, and um, and my biological daughter, and she um, who's who's also a lesbian, and um, she um, uh, was there, and she told me about you, and then I wanted to try and interview at San Francisco Pride, but I didn't get an opportunity to do that. So this is kind of like That's the so cool. kind of like the makeup of. But my daughter is the one who discovered you for me and um oh, and then so she's cool. oh you oh she was like you know tell me you're so dope she's so good la, 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 la. and um oh. uh, because she kind of was our course my correspondent for i i'm one of the media sponsors for D- the dino so uh well what's oh. the name of the ep that's coming out in january dear it's called call it a night and i'm actually in talks with dina i might actually be performing again and this year maybe like full side or like a main stage you know because that was yeah. the opening party last year yeah yeah, I love, I, I, you know, I've never been, but I love covering it, and I love talking to all the artists so cool. that go in, and, um, and um, I don't know if you met Val G, who was one of the DJs there, and Asha. Yep. Yeah, they were, mm-hmm. they're, they're good friends of mine, too, so it was, like, really good to, awesome. yeah, to um, have that. But I'm so glad I finally got a chance to talk to you and talk to you about your music, you talk to you about what you're doing out there. I'm going to be in there. Curve Magazine, too, in December. Okay, so great. I'll be in Curve. Then I have the five-track EP, Call It A Night. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I, I'm going to do an EP release party in February in Los Angeles. So anyone in the area, please come. Oh, yeah. And, it's easy uh, for the Bay Area people to get it. down there, too. I love the Bay. Yeah. I, I went to college there, and that's when I first like liked girls. So it was a perfect <laughs> place for me to explore that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's Devma, and and, and and check her out, and check out definitely Wah Wah Wah. Go to the music video on YouTube. It's definitely, like you heard the song here, it's a very dope song. She's a dope artist. Support, support, support. And I'm going to go to another commercial break, and when I come back, talk about how art is changing and and, and how our our queer artists are definitely out there expressing themselves. We have somebody coming from the the book world, Chance Christopher, and his new book, To Never Walk Alone. We'll be right back. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. 
I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. Hello, hello, hello. Well, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. We just got through speaking in our first half of the show with a wonderful female rapper, Devmo, out of Los Angeles. Um, and as you heard from the interview, if you were on with us, she um, this past year performed at both the Dinah in Palm Springs and here in San Francisco, where we are uh, reporting from. Um, as our San Francisco Pride this past June. But um, she has a new single out called Wah, 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 which we played for you earlier. Really great kind of a battle cry song and um, great flow on that. And her EP called Call It A Night comes out in January. So definitely please follow her on all her Instagrams and, and Facebooks and all of that and wait for that to come out. And But definitely look at the, uh, Wah, Wah, Wah. And that's W-A-H. Uh, while there's three of those that you can get on YouTube and listen to and look at that video. Uh, but right now we're being joined by, I understand we have both the authors on the phone um, from a new book um, that kind of has a little bit of a, what do they call it, a spirit world, supernatural flow to it as well as its connection to the LGBTQ community. I, I'm joined by Chance, Christopher, and Bella. Is it Little or Lytle? Liddell. Oh, neither. Okay. <laughs> it's neither of those. Uh, Liddell um, on the phone. So welcome both of you. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. Um, no, uh, really great. I, I get two for the price of one. I, I always, always wonderful to welcome more. The, par the bigger the party, the better. That's what I, I say. Now the book was called To Never Walk Alone, which I, you know, the first thing that when I, when I, when I read the title, before I read the book and I read the title, you know, I always think about a song. And I always think that when books that have, that have titles that you, you can, you know, um, immediately be drawn to something else that may be familiar, similar, is always a good thing. So I kind of like that because it kind of reminded me, this could have been a country song, To Never Walk Alone. Or it could have been a gospel song, To Never Walk Alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that would have been a too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you, you do kind of have a little spiritual thing that goes on with with the um, with uh, you know you, you have a pastor in, in the in uh, a character in the book, and so so you kind of delve a little bit into all that. But I want to know how this whole idea because there's two authors on you guys, I, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, like because I don't I don't know if I've ever spoken um, to people who probably had equal part writing credit 
on, on a book. I don't think I've ever done that before. So um, this is the first for me. But where this whole concept of the spirit world and um, LGBTQ history, because you talk about history in this with your character to another character in this book. How did this whole concept come together? Well, you know, it was uh, it was really an amazing thing. Um, Bill and I have worked together for a while now. We have several titles out together. Um, and we always wanted to do just something a little bit more. We mm-hmm. had most of the things that we have out are, are shorts and uh, kind of come out, you know, piece by piece as the story goes. Um, but we wanted to do something a little bit different, and we wanted to be able to reach out to LGBT youth and LGBT young adults, uh, give them a sense of inclusion and uh, feeling welcomed. You know, we have uh, so much epic movies, you know, that were based on books. We've got, you know, The Hunger Games. It's got the strong female character lead, and your Harry Potters and things like that. Um, which, and they're all, you know, fantastic, but we think that LGBT youth needs characters that they can look up to, too, and the LGBT person should be in the spotlight and not just kind of the, the funny gay best friend or kind of the sidekick kind of thing. We wanted to shed a little bit more light on what their life is like. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it started, and, you know, being able to, you know, giving Charlie the abilities that he has to communicate with the dead, it really gave us a great opportunity um, to kind of push boundaries a little bit and be able to go back in time a little bit and discuss um, LGBT issues and rights and the things that we've overcome and fought for. Well, that's what I like. And that's what I like is because that's exactly what I saw. The, The whole idea was that this gave a reason to go back in time and to kind of see the 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 change society's change um you know as uh your main character uh charlie discusses those changes with you know uh with will or william in in the book and who is a ghost who is um who died and he died because he was gay and so that that kind of like really it's so now it's so kind of particularly after our last election, but it's like, so now, right now, and yeah, yeah, the timing couldn't have been better, Bella. It couldn't have been better. And this is, this is something that when I, as I was reading through it, it kept running through my mind because I think particularly when we relate it to what is going on today, so many of our young people, um, such as the Charlies in that age group, you know, kind of walked into their gayism or their gaydom or everything a lot differently than people of my generation who um, didn't have the privileges of, of or the rights that th- these teenagers now experience, you know, coming out. They're so different. And, and yet now they're probably like experience why is everybody so upset about some stuff and it's like because you weren't there when we fought for these things you know these were kind of things that you were born into or that you grew up into rather easily and this book kind of kind of addresses that with charlie and william and, and those differences and both of them kind of one's learning something from a a better advantage point and one is kind of learning something by doing his research to explain to the ghost, he's he's learning as well some of the stuff that, you know, oh, yeah, and this happened, and, and this happened, you know, and it's kind of really was neat to read that. 
Yeah, and and we have another you know another kind of problem that we have is that LGBT history and um, what we have fought for mm-hmm. all those years kind of still isn't like mainstream taught in the schools. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, a lot of young people and young adults uh, know nothing right. about that. And, right. and they hear things here or, there, or they read a little blip on Facebook or something. But I, we wanted to take the opportunity to try to educate as many people as we can. And that we've been here before, we've fought before, and we will continue to do so. Well, Bella, what, what was it that made you, you know, going back again to finding a way to kind of bridge the past with the present, that you use the spirit world to do that? Well, we, this all started because Chance came to me, we were having a writing session, and he said, I have this idea, Bella, he said, let's write a story about a boy who can talk to ghosts. Mm -hmm. And it kind of spiraled from there, and it became this world that we built, and the idea that someone from the Victorian era, a la, um, Will, William, wouldn't have known the things that came after him. You know, he died for being gay. And we just saw this amazing vantage point from which to kind of explore history and kind of wedge a bit of education in there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. feeding small children their vegetables. you got to mm-hmm. wedge... <laughs> you gotta wait for the good stuff. Right, right, and, right. <laughs> I have kids, so that was the analogy my mind went to. But it it was a great medium for us to tell a story, put a little bit of history in there, and wrap it all up in something that's very now because the supernatural aspect is really big right now. Mm-hmm. You've got your Harry Potters, you've got your well, you've got your dystopian stories. Those are also big right now. But we kind of wanted to go with a normal, mundane kind of world where these exceptional things happen. Well, I like, too, how and, you how you gave reason for, because I, I think as, as I would have been reading it and thinking ghosts, and, you know, I think ghosts of having the freedom to... To Rome, that's in my mind. I'm thinking ghosts, you know, can pop up anywhere. But your ghosts are kind of trapped in whatever, wherever they happen to have either died or some connection to where they are that they are there. So William, right. your character, is, is stuck in the attic. Um, so he wouldn't have, even though he's been dead for probably 100 years, or somewhere in that in that in that frame, he hasn't had the ability to see the changes, um, you know, from his spirit world. He hasn't been able to see outside of that room to see all these things progressing with time, and and so that was a great, you know, for me to see that, you know, you 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 your other ghosts kind of have that limitation as well, and so it's kind of made reason why why wouldn't he have known this, you know, he can roam and see. Well, he's stuck in this this attic. He hasn't seen, you know. However, he says I think at one point where he's looking out of the window and he saw a interracial couple, I think, walking or yeah. something. But yeah. beyond that. You know, it wasn't like he could have been able to see, you know, gay people on TV or, <laughs> or anything like that. Right. You know, but, you know, that kind of so Definitely. I'm really glad that you kind of put some thought into we, we had to build in some limitations of his ability, even though he is a ghost. And we would think a free spirit 
that there were some limitations to where he could um, um, see the world change before, you know, outside of him, you know, outside of that. So that was kind of, kind of a, a great to uh, pick up. But what I really liked is how you also kind of had the, the, um, I don't know the well. You you had um, Charlie's father, who was a pastor and had had an acceptance of his him being gay. But you also had a pastor who had died, who was kind of that brimstone and you know that fire and brimstone type of uh, Baptist preacher who kind of represented yeah. some of that Bible Belt idea of what gayism. And I want to talk about if, if you were trying to send a message about. The, the progress or still the struggles of religion and LGBT, um, like, you know, being LGBT community and that type of thing. But I'm going to take a quick break, if you don't mind, because I got to pay a little bit, bit of bills. And then we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back with Chance Christopher and, Be and Bella Lydell about their book, To Never Walk Alone. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot -E com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. And we're back. Thank you as we enter into 
our final quarter of this episode of It's Everything. I'm B.B. Sweetbriar, and if you've been along the whole ride, um, it has been a wonderful ride up to this point, and we're going to definitely take you all the way to your front row parking spot at the local Safeway because <laughs> we are doing it so well. We're going to give you a front row seat in your pocket. Everything's flowing so well on the show. And um, we're, of course, talking to two wonderful authors of a wonderful book called To Never Walk Alone. Chance Christopher and Bella Lydell are on the phone and this story um, brings together some spirit world and LGBT history um, and it is something that empowers some of uh, a youth, our, our young gay youth because the main character is um, a young gay boy in his teens. I love it so, so much. And we were before we went to break, I was bringing up the fact that you kind of have this um, these two different perspectives from the religious standpoint because um, your antagonist, Charlie's father, is a pastor who is in acceptance of who his son is and, and is embracing him. I, mean, I think in part of the book we talk about how he sees his, his son's mother who passed away through him and that she would been but would have been accepting of who he is and he too embraces that. But then one of the ghosts that Charlie speaks with as well in the cemetery happens to be an old Baptist reverend or, or, or preacher and he's all that, you know, you're going to hell, everybody's gonna to go to hell and you can't you, you can't take back sin and all this kind of good stuff or bad stuff that he's 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 spouting out. And you've kind of have these two images of what religion is in in this book. Is that just by circumstance or does that, does it serve a purpose? Uh, I think it serves a purpose. Go ahead. I one. think that we definitely wanted to um, shed you know, two different lights, because there's still, both of those still exist, mm -hmm. and, and many more, but both of those sides of religion still exist, and, and very prominent, and so we wanted to make sure that, that we were all inclusive kind of on that as well, and representing kind of different angles as far as the religious side goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bella, did you want to add something to that? No, I think Chance did a great job saying what I was going to say, which is that, you know, there's definitely a duality out there, and it's all tied up together, you know, the spirituality and the afterlife, you know, we have, I don't want to give away the end of the book, right, I want right. people to read the book, right, yeah. but, um, you know, we kind of tie in some of the ideas of what comes after life, mm -hmm. and I don't think you can do that without bringing spirituality into that. Yeah, yeah, so good point. it's a bridge we had to cross. Yeah. So I think, you know, we didn't want to shed a negative light on religion, and we showed a great side, too. You know, it's definitely something we thought about. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, Chance, uh, that, you know, you thought it would was important. You wanted to show uh, or give uh, the young LGBTQ um, people out there, the, the youth out there, something that they could see themselves in, you know, Chance is a young teen. And, you know, he's he's a star of this book. He's a star of this story. And that's not something we see a lot of when we, we look at teen fantasy shows or teen fantasy movies. That's not normally how things are. And this does that. So I do need to ask, because reading the book, you I definitely can visualize this in 
cinematic form. So, I mean, is there was there some thought when you were writing this that this could be something that could be easily put into a screenplay for either television or film? I mean, this would be a great, um, you know, short series of of some sort on on television as well. You know, I could I could see, you know, Charlie as a young gay boy meeting all types of spirits, uh, different types of spirits in which. Um, some type of LGBTQ history and education could be presented. Um, was any of that thought in your head as you were writing it? I'm sure not at the beginning, but maybe as you were writing it that you thought, oh gosh, this could be something even more than just these, you know, 200 pages. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely went there. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of joke a little bit actually. Um, you know, our, our little, our goal, you know, and our focus is uh, one day we'll turn on and, and it'll be a Lifetime movie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that, I, think that we, I think that we came at, came at it at an angle where, uh, yeah, it would absolutely be, be really stunning to be able to see on screen, uh, especially with all the different things that he sees, because he sees all of these different spirits and from, from different times, different uh, nationalities, different eras, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coexisting uh, just right across the veil of, you know, the, the regular human Savannah, Georgia. And so I think that we that there could be quite a bit done and it would be visually stunning. And I, I think that's definitely something that we considered when we wrote it. Wouldn't you say, Bella? Yes, absolutely. We talked about it. it we had, <laughs> we definitely had our little Hollywood fantasy when we were writing it. Mm-hmm. How old are your children, Bella, if I may ask? My children are eight and eight. I have twins mm-hmm. and five. And um, one of my sons is actually gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm. So as a mother, this story about, you know, the queer community is something that hits me on a personal note because I consider myself 100% an ally and it's something that's close to my heart because I have a child who doesn't fit inside the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something very dear to me. Well, and it, speaking of twins, um, Charlie has a twin in the book. Yeah, so it's kind of like yeah. you have twins as well. So it's kind of kind of interesting, and um, and and I love the fact how though they are twins and they are uh, different genders, but um, they are so different. Even the book, I mean, they're so different, um, um, and yet. It's so, it's so interesting how she embraces, Alice embraces Charlie without a lot of question to me. It's like the fact that he speaks to ghosts and, and or you can see them. and everything. She doesn't really question any of that. Do you know what I mean? I kind of like, it's, it's like, this is my brother and I don't see this. It's, it's not normal, of course, but it's, it's almost so... I know it's kind of easy for us as a reader to kind of, she accepts it and I kind of, I don't question it. I don't question its believability. I don't question any, it just kind of, because that character is so like, just kind of passes it like it's an everyday thing for her. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if there was any point to what I was saying <laughs> other than they're so different, but then she doesn't, you know, she, she's extremely smart. She's really bright and, you know, knows that that's not like the normal course of how things work in life, but she just kind of like you speak. And every time he says he's speaking to she goes, I do feel a little uncomfortable that you're speaking to them in front of me, but 
that's about it. That's about all that you kind of get from her about that. Yeah. The twin bond. Yeah, it's, it's a twin bond. That's what that's what what you're showing there. The twin bond kind of makes everything possible, and, and that person will stand by you no matter what. I just love this. I love the story. I do, and I I definitely can see it. I can I can visually see this, you know, and, that, and that's why I think it was so fun reading and trying to read through it and keep reading through it because I wanted to, to visually see what was going on. And what was it? Pimp, pimp, what's the, what's the name of the um the lady who owns the costume costume shop? Pim Mrs. Timberlake. Yeah, I, I could even visualize what she looked like, and and you know, and and kind of like you know, she wasn't probably. I felt like she was probably not up to date in today's fashion world because she still had her foot in the old costuming from her 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 shop, but she probably was still kind of put together, if you know what I mean. I don't know. I just kind of had this this book about you know. I could see all of this, and which brought me to the whole idea about you know asking the question about movie or, or TV show or what have you. But I think it's very empowering for young people and adults to read this. I, I, I found a lot of pleasure in reading it, and I'm definitely not a teenager. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, I, I recommend that uh, even adults or even adults such as yourself, Bella, mothers who or fathers who may have uh, young teens who are non, you know, gender conforming and, and that type of thing and, 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 and read it and just kind of get a feel of what it may be like um, at that age to be in this world now and to be um, not in a box. Um, I think it, it, all of that's in there. Thank you. Well, even if this is not going to immediately go into, uh, you know, uh, a production for TV or anything, I definitely hope, that we haven't seen the last of Charlie in his um, in his ghost world or his spirit world and his He's living as a young gay. I hope we're not seeing the end of that, and you know we can no, expect to see more. Good, good. We've not already the started working on the next one. Oh, great, great. So we're going to have a series, ladies and gentlemen, of these. You know, this, this, is, this is great. That's good to hear, and I'm glad to, to know that. Um, but, again, the book is To Never Walk Alone. Now, where can, can they get this on Amazon.com, all the different um, outlets, or do they have to find somewhere specific to get it? Um, you can get it. Uh, there's a couple of... of stores in, in Florida uh, mm -hmm. where it's available, uh, like Daddy Cool Records, in, in print. Um, but mainly it's on Amazon. You can purchase the Kindle version okay. on Amazon as well as the paperback version there as well. Okay, great. Well, I wish you guys the, the best, and I will follow this. I'm going to follow it because this is going to be on TV or it's going to be in a movie, and I'm going to say, I remember when. I remember when. <laughs> um, so good luck to you all in the next uh, in the series of this. To Never Walk Alone by Chance Christopher and Bella Lydell. You can get it on Amazon.com and, you know, Kindle form and heart, all of that good stuff. You guys know out there. You guys know where to find it. And um, so I want to thank them for being on the show. I want to thank Devmo for being on the show. I want to thank you all out there for listening. And I hope that um, you'll be around next week when we'll have two wonderful guests again. But until then, this is BB Sweetbar signing off on It's Everything. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.